0: This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. All right, let's let's uh, let's get at it. Another edition of the Employment Law Show. Good to have you along. Lior is here, uh, co founding partner Sam Firu to Mark and LLP. We'll be a to cover on the uh, show today, Lior. It's going to be a big show, big show. Uh, mistakes employers make because. Well, they just don't know any better, but we will educate them. We will educate you. If you want to uh, chime in and ask some questions, we'd love to hear from you here live, toll-free, 399 9898 That's how you do that. And help at employmentlawyer.ca through email. All our good listeners. And, uh Edmonton and BC and Calgary and, and and Vancouver. We love having you all in here. So uh, feel free to, uh, to chime in and grab a phone and talk to us, ask your questions. So much to get through. So let's get rocking and rolling, my friend. What do you got uh, happening right off the top?
1: Hey, John. Uh, always great uh, to be back to talk employment mm-hmm. law. And if you're one of the many, many people that I know has questions about your job, about your workplace situation, about the threats or ultimatums that maybe you are facing in the workplace, My gosh, what a great opportunity you have to pick up the phone, to call right now, to get some answers so that, you know, when you go to bed in a few hours, you'll feel better. You'll be more calm. You'll be more relaxed. You'll know what to do, what to say tomorrow if you're going back to work. So take advantage. Call us right now on the show. Or maybe you had a chat with your friend or cousin or neighbor uh, last week, and you know they're having a workplace problem. Well, pick up the phone again, call them, and say, tune in right now to the radio. You, there's a, a question and answer session there. You can call in with your questions. So make sure that whoever needs to get this information gets this information. It's important mm-hmm. stuff. And of course, if you want to reach out to me and have a private chat, not just to talk on radio, not a problem, perfectly fine to do that. You can call, you can email, and we'll give you that contact information throughout the show. But as always, always like to start with a couple of situations that came across my desk. First matter I'll talk to you about was, uh, uh, a gentleman who uh, late last year decided to get uh, both doses of the covid vaccines he wasn't keen on it but he decided to do it because his employer gave him an ultimatum so he wanted to keep his job so he, he got both shots so he continued working everything's fine well last week his employer said well now we need all employees to get their booster shots so if you want to continue you got to get that booster shot well he felt that that's a bit too much. And he he felt like he doesn't want to get it. He's not comfortable with the booster. So he called me while really just wanting to know what are his rights. So this is an important issue. And I know that a lot of you right now, that even those that are fully vaccinated, you may be concerned or wondering what happens if my employer insists on a booster? Do I have to, do I not? So let's be very clear that ultimately, if your employer chooses to let you go or to suspend you, because you don't have your booster or frankly because you don't have the first uh, two doses you can't stop that from happening right you cannot physically stop your employer from letting you go in this situation but and this is the big one if you are let go or are suspended in this situation you're going to be entitled to severance okay you're going to be entitled to severance they're going to have to compensate you they cannot just put you on an unpaid leave they cannot let you go for cause i.e. without severance? No, that's not possible. So that applies with respect to the booster shot, and that also applies with respect to the first two doses of the vaccine. So either way, unless there's a government mandate, if you choose not to be vaccinated, whatever reason, ultimately you will lose your job very likely, because you can't stop your employer, but again, severance has to be paid. And remember, certainly right now, there are, there's no government mandate as applies, uh, uh, with respect to boosters. There's some very, very limited mandates that apply to the first two doses, but nothing with respect to boosters. So ultimately, you have to decide, are you prepared to lose your job? If you are, you are going to be compensated. If you don't get that compensation, you got to give me a call and I'll get to work.
0: Interesting point, but uh, so much more of that to come. By the way, anytime you want to reach out to or you have an issue uh, at any time at all you can do. So here is that number, whether you're in uh, Calgary or Edmonton. Or Vancouver, feel free to reach out. its eight two one fifty nine hundred. But here and now, always on a Sunday afternoon, we uh, invite you to join the show and be part of it. Because you make it better, you make it stronger, you're educating people yourself when you ask your questions. How do you do that? one So there you go. We're ready for your uh your questions anytime. We got a lot of stuff to get through in the show today as we get into the last weekend of March into April. That means springtime is busy for Lior, but fear not. There's always time for your questions and comments as well. By the way, the email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And, uh, we got a lot of stuff to get through, so I want to get, uh, get rolling into that. Right now, the, uh, the topic for today, Lior, as you know, is it better to quit than to continue working if, and you got a bunch of these points nailed down. Why, uh, why do you think this is so important, especially on the, the show today?
1: Well, the, the reason why I wanted to talk about this, John, is that there's this assumption that I am far better off to quit than to be let go uh that that i might better to have something on my my record that's saying that i resigned instead i was let go people assume that there's this big repository this big vault where yeah. there's uh you know they, they keep track of the reason why people left well that's false there is no such record there is no vault. there is no such uh, a situation where this is held against you and in most cases it is actually better to be let go than to quit because when you are let go it comes with a host of entitlements of rights when you don't get those rights if you quit before we start with the list let me tell you a quick story actually this came from an sure. email today uh, i spoke with this lady she had been off for uh, medical reasons for uh, for a while and uh, she got a call from her uh employer saying you know would you be interested to come back to work in this other role they just asked her the question She Mm -hmm. didn't feel, she was older, she didn't want to go back into that role, and she felt that that she'd be doing something bad if she said no, so she decided to quit, to resign. And then she contacted me sometime later saying, you know, I've been working with this company for 20 years, do I have any rights? Well, no, she doesn't because she quit. Now, if she had not quit and they imposed that role on her, that would be a constructive dismissal. Or if they decided they don't have a job and they let her go, she'd be owed severance again. So... By quitting, she had walked away from potentially as much as two years' pay. So we're going to talk about some situations now where you are far, far, far better off not to, to just quit or if you quit, it's a constructive dismissal. It's not a resignation automatically. So let's talk about those situations, Johnny.
0: You bet, and as we slide into that list, a reminder, you can call through anytime, one 877 and as they say, build it, and they will come. Terry, sliding in early with a phone call. How are you, Terry?
2: I'm well, thank you very much. Great, what's uh, on your mind? So my daughter-in-law worked for a company here in Abbotsford, uh, automotive manufacturer shop, and she worked there for about 87 or 88 days. During that time, she stayed home because she was sick as per the provincial health orders. And on the 88th or 89th day of her employment there, she was dismissed for having too many absences. At least that's the information they gave her. How do these young kids get a job and be treated fairly when they're following the orders of the provincial health officer?
1: So keep in mind uh, that an employer does have a right to let an employee go at any time and pretty much for any reason, so long, so long as they pay that employee compensation, pay them severance. And, and your daughter, even after 88 days, may well be entitled to severance. In fact, let's say she worked there for three months. She could be entitled to two to three months pay. So the issue here is not so much did what the, this employer do, was it right? Because, yeah, I can agree with you from a no- moral and an ethical standpoint. It's not right, not at all. But from a legal standpoint, it's a question of severance. So what your daughter needs to do is she should reach out to me. Okay, we need to have a chat. I want to find out more about her job. I want to find out about any employment agreement that she signed. Because, yeah, she could be owed two, even three months pay here, which obviously is going to be a big deal for her. Hopefully, it's going Mm -hmm. to carry her to another job. So that's what she needs to do here.
0: Great.
2: Okay. Thank you.
0: Still got plenty of time to call in and have your say. Ask your questions to Lior Lior Sanfiru, co-founding partner. Sanfiru, Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in this country. Here's how you reach out again, 1-877-399-9898. Ask your questions for the remainder of the show. You want to slide along an email. If we got some time near the end, we get to those. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And I did mention another route, a very uh, very simple website to use. It's anonymous. It's free. It's called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's got all kinds of things. In fact, a lot of the stuff we talk about in topics Headliners on this show every week are rolled into PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. Plus, it's got that bonus of having the severance pay calculator rolled into there. If you've never used that, by the way, you're starting to become part of the minority. Over 2 million people have used the severance pay calculator and avoided a lot of grief and a lot of heartache by realizing on their own how much severance they're actually owed. Again, that is well within PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. But as we get more calls lined up here, uh, Lior, the topic of the day, it's a beauty. Is it better to quit than continue to working if your salary is significantly reduced? You think so, right?
1: So it is certainly better, much, much better to, to quit than to continue working if your pay is reduced. So let's break this down. An employer does not have the right to make significant changes to the terms of employment, and the salary is probably the main one. An employer does not have the right to make significant changes to your pay, to reduce your pay. So they could get away with a couple of percentage points, but anything significant, they don't have a right. Meaning, if your employer reduces your pay, you have an option. You can choose to accept it and continue working, or you can choose to treat it as a constructive dismissal, to treat it as a termination and leave, and your employer then has to pay you severance. So what's better? Is it better to continue working or to leave with, as a constructive dismissal? Well, it is much better uh, and I'll explain exactly why to treat this as a constructive dismissal it's much better to quit and here's why if you don't quit if you continue working number one you're making less money okay yeah. number two you've given the company the right to do it again so you think okay well I don't like this pay cut but I can I can live with this amount I'll be the good soldier I'll continue working fine very admirable. But if you accept that pay cut, you've given them the right to do it again and again and again. And before you know it, you could be reduced to a a tenth of what you were making before and you can't do anything about it. And of course, that also means that if your pay is reduced and then you are let go, Uh your severance is going to be calculated based on the reduced pay. Terrible situation. So all things then considered, it is far better to quit, consider it a constructive dismissal, And then get your full severance and not get involved in all that bad situation at all. Of course, this is going to be a theme that I'm going to put throughout this. You don't quit ever without speaking to me. Okay? So if you think this is a situation where you're better off to quit, you're probably right. But before you do that, you call me. You email me. We do this right. We make sure that we have our I's dotted and T's crossed. But that's a classic example, John, when your pay is being reduced.
0: You bet. And to call in now, as Leor mentioned to him afterwards or here now, get on the air and ask your questions. one 9898 Julie, thank you so much for standing by. How are you? Oh, hi. Great. Go ahead. What's uh, what's on your mind?
2: Uh, my question is, is my uh, sister's been off on a medical leave for about 17 years. She worked in the government in uh, a kind of a large capacity. Maybe there's like 400 employees and she wants to return to work. And um, if she returns to work and is unsuccessful, and can they lay her off, or is she entitled to severance? I think she's been there for 30 years, but she's been oh. off for 17.
1: So she's been off for 17. Wow. she's. I take it she's part of a union?
2: Yeah, but she wants to go back.
1: So she has to discuss this with her union. Her union can tell her if she can go back, on what basis she can go back, and what happens if her employer does not have a job for her. So the only one that can advise her, help her, support her is her union. This is, I tell you, a very, very unique situation to see someone where for 17 years, the employer has not actually gone ahead and terminated employment. They could have done that. Many years ago, in fact. But if they have not done that, yes, she does have the ability to go back. But she needs to speak to her union about it as soon as possible.
2: So I think they said to her that there'll always be a job for her. And um, but I mean, of course, were the family's really concerned that she's going to go back and get laid off or whatever. Mm
1: -hmm. So if, if that were to happen, then her union has the obligation to deal with her employer to grieve that either to get her job back or get her compensated. That's why as a unionized employee the only recourse that would ever be available to her is through the union.
2: Okay perfect I will pass that on Thank you very much for your time.
1: Thanks Julie. Thank you
0: Julie for uh, for your time and making that phone call and just just to highlight that point this is not just for Julie's sake and it's not just because you're this particular lawyer overall union matters cannot be bad taken outside the union correct to work with a Absolutely. lawyer like yourself.
1: Yeah, I'll yeah. go beyond that and say that everything you hear us talk about on the show week in and week week out really only applies to non-union mm-hmm. employees. A yeah. unionized employee has different rights, and the only one that's allowed to help advise or support them is the union.
0: I want to move down to another call. Scott is uh, standing by. Hi, Scott. How are you?
2: Hi. How are you doing? Thanks for taking my call.
0: Uh, thank you, man. What's uh, What's on your mind today?
2: My question is, the company I work for has been sold uh, to a corporation. Now, from what we're being told from our bosses, there's two different types of sales. One is assets only, and one is assets including all the the employers, employees, I mean. Uh, My question is, if the company wants to let people go, I would assume they would have to pay the severance that the employees had with the old company. Am am I right?
1: So first of all, if you continue working with the buyer, so if the buyer Mm -hmm. comes in and you continue working with the buyer, then your employment is not terminated, but the buyer does inherit your service. So if at some point down the road, they let you go, they would have to pay you severance that accounts for the time that you had with the previous company. Now that assumes That when you started working with the buyer, you didn't sign an employment agreement that gave away that prior service. So you want to be very careful if and when you're asked to sign an employment agreement that there's nothing there that gives away past service. If there is, that could cost you tens of thousands of dollars, if not more, and you need to talk to me. We can deal with that.
2: That's awesome. Okay, sorry?
1: If you're not offered a job by the buyer, then yeah, you're terminated now and the seller has to pay you severance in that situation.
2: Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, part two is just a quick one, but part of our staff are union employees. I'm not in union, but part of my staff is, uh, and I keep on getting questions, is that can the union be terminated by the new company? I don't no. know. how to. I, I haven't reached out to the union, so I honestly don't know what the answer is to that. Is there a short answer to that? The short answer is no. Okay. They cannot demolish or dispose of the union, dispose of the union. No, so they have to be cannot. voted out
1: no they would have to be voted out in in the usual way but the sa- right. the sa- sale itself does not uh, eliminate the union no
2: okay great thank you very much you've uh, yeah, you've given me uh, some stuff to think about i appreciate no that no
0: problem okay uh, thank you scott appreciate your time and if you want to reach out to any further to Liori, you can any more questions for your colleagues especially the non union ones like yourself 1855 eight two one fifty nine hundred help at employment lawyer dot let's try to squeeze one or two of these uh, in before we get to a break here in a couple minutes uh, leora again is it better to quit than to continue working if you've been put oh, on a temporary layoff this may have happened a couple times in the last two years
1: <laughs> just once or twice right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no so this is a very good example of a situation where it's far far better off to quit than to continue working. And here's what I mean by that. An employer does not have a right to put you on a temporary layoff. If they do, as I said before, you can treat that as a constructive dismissal and get severance. And the reason you would want to do that is, number one, is you you have some certainty. Otherwise, you're on a temporary layoff. You're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. There's people that have been waiting for months uh, and, and you don't know what's happening. In the meantime, you're not earning income. Huge problem right there. But of course, the second issue is if you accept a temporary layoff and just go back to work, you've given the company the right to do it again. And then you come back to work, they lay you off again and again, and there's nothing you can do because you let it happen the first time. Yeah. If you're put on a temporary layoff, you may want to treat that as a termination and get severance. If you find yourself in that situation, call me right away.
0: Yeah, we are back and welcome back to it. If you've been hanging in since the start, good on you. Appreciate it. Love it. You want to call through. You still got lots of time. One eight seven seven three nine nine. 98.98. After the show, you want to reach out to Liori. I have some more questions that have come to mind during the hour and you're thinking, ah, maybe I'll call him afterwards or get a hold of one of his crew. That's no problem. That's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmentlawyer.ca. In the meantime, we were talking about this. Is it better to quit than to continue working if? Getting through more of these talking points. The next one down the list is if you're demoted, even if your
1: pay is unchanged. How about that? So we're talking often here about constructive dismissal we're talking about situations where it's better to quit than to continue working so being demoted you know let's make it very clear that just like with the pay reduction an employer does not have the unilateral right to demote you even if the pay is the same there's a stature thing there there's a prestige issue here you know it can can be embarrassing to be demoted everyone knows you're doing a lesser job people are going to be wondering what you did wrong so the law recognizes that could be a very bad situation and because of that if you are demoted you may be able to treat it as a constructive dismissal and and not continue working leave and get severance again even if the pay is the same and okay why is that better well we go back to the same problem we had before if you accept the demotion you've given the company the right to do it again and then the second, third, fourth time that that happens or that your job changes, you're not able to do anything about it. You're stuck in that situation. Not to mention that if you're accepting the demoted position, you're gonna have to deal with what I said, that potential embarrassment factor perhaps uh, in the workplace. So if you are truly demoted uh, and then you may be able to say that's constructive dismissal. So it's not just about pay. Prestige is important. Respect in the workplace is important. Uh, And that may mean you can get your full severance. And as a note here, we talked about severance many times. People may ask, well, how much severance do I get as a result of a constructive dismissal if I quit? Well, you get the same amount of severance that you would get as if the company let you go directly, which could be as much as two years pay, 24 months pay. So we're talking significant amounts here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Another reason why in some situations it's certainly better to quit and to continue working
0: you know I, and i've asked you this as a, a kind of a part b to that particular point i've asked you this before but uh, for those who are just joining the show for the first time possibly or, or wondering the same thing even if it is a, a demotion of sorts and you're thinking ah you know i love working here maybe it won't be that bad can i can i try it out for a bit And if it doesn't stick i can go back to the way it was is that possible and how do you go about doing that
1: yeah, that that may happen, and in those situations, it may happen if you're, you know, taking a new role or even relocated. Yeah. and you, think, yeah, I want to. I don't like this, but maybe it's not going to be as bad as I think. Should I try it out? Mm-hmm. And you can, but you have to do two things. Number one is you have to tell your employer in writing that that's what you're doing. So you would send an email or even a text message to your employer saying, "Employer, I'm not happy about this change. I don't know if I can do it, but." I'm going to try it out for a while, and then I'm going to let you know uh, how I feel about it long term. So that's number one. You have to put that in writing. Number two, you can only try it out for a short period of time, a few weeks. You know, let's say two, three weeks, and that's it. After that, if you go beyond that, you're going to be considered to have accepted it despite everything, and then you're stuck with it. So, yeah, you can try it out, but you have to do what I said.
0: Again, reaching out to or any other time. We're not on the air. I'll give you that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 821 5900 But is it better to quit than to continue working if this one, you're being forced to sign oh, a new contract of employment? Heads up on this one.
1: So new contracts of employment. Uh, and so here's the scenario, John. Uh, you're, you're going to work. It's a beautiful Monday morning. You, you get to work. You're looking forward to uh, getting stuff done. Boss comes in, knocks on the door, and says, hey, uh I, I uh, want you to sign this new employment agreement. Take a look. It's all good. Uh, you know, nothing changes. I just need this for HR. So you look at it, right? You say, okay, well, salary is the same, jobs the same, hours the same, title's the same. Yeah, I don't care. Let me sign this so I can get back to work. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no. Okay. The reason why your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement, it's not just to have a piece of paper that with big words to put in a drawer. The only reason your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement is because the terms in that agreement are better for the employer, not for you, for the employer. What could be in there that's better? For example, I can almost guarantee you that that new employment agreement has a termination clause, essentially a a term that reduces your future severance. You have essentially agreed to give up future severance. So that could be the difference down the road between getting eight weeks severance or 24 months severance. It could cost you tens of thousands of dollars, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's just one example. There could be other terms. So you are better off not to sign this. Even if your employer may consider you to have quit or, or, or they let you go, you're better off losing your job potentially and not giving that up. Because if you lose your job now, not having signed that agreement, you get your full severance. If you sign it and then you are let go, you could be walking away from, as I said, a lot of money. So good advice, you're never just sign that employment agreement. But before you do anything, before you say no, yes, sign it, don't sign it, let's talk. Send me a copy of it. Let me see what it says. I can tell you in about 60 seconds whether you should be concerned about it or not. But as a general rule of thumb, if your employer walks over and gives you a new employment agreement to sign, that's bad news. You
0: know, it's interesting too. Now that you know across the country and in a lot of jurisdictions, people are either starting to go back to work in the office or a hybrid situation. Somehow, the job has changed for a lot of people. How much of that scenario have you seen, both on on both sides of the tables? Uh, employees bringing you these new contracts, going, "Oh, what is this?" or employers saying, "Hey, Lior, what do you think about this? Should I throw this across to my employees? It must be it must be crazy right now."
1: It is crazy. And employers are starting to understand that, wait a second, with this employment agreement that I didn't have before, I can save a lot of money in the future. I can get a lot of flexibility. I have the ability to change jobs to people. I can change their hours. I can relocate them. I can save money on severance. What a wonderful thing to have, especially now as we're coming out of a a pandemic. So let's get people to sign employment agreements. So it is a common thing But that does not change the fact that for an employee, it's bad news and it's completely unnecessary for an employee. There's no reason why you, an employee, would want a new employment agreement. Remember my rule. Having something on the back of a napkin or a handshake deal is 100 times better than having a 10-page employment agreement. So keep that in mind and send me a copy of any employment agreement they want you to sign before you sign it.
0: It is better to quit than to continue working if you repeatedly get unfair performance feedback. How about that?
1: So the problem with getting uh, unfair performance feedback is if you just continue working like nothing has happened, uh, then you're deemed to have accepted it. And at some point, the company can rely on that in terminating you for cause because, again, you accepted it. So remember, silence and just continuing working like nothing happened is the same as saying, I agree with this. So if you're getting unfair performance reviews, uh, you know, inaccurate ones, you have to do something about it or it could be held against you. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you quit, but what it does mean is you have to say in writing why you disagree, why it's unfair or why it's not accurate and what other information the employer must have. I actually had a case earlier today. Someone contacted me with that situation and it's very important. You send an email, I'm not saying you'd be aggressive. I'm not even saying you'd be confrontational. But employer, you know, you've, you've put these comments on my performance review. Here's why I disagree with that. Here's the information that you need to know. That's it. That's all you do. Now, in some situations, if these negative performance reviews keep coming, that alone can be a constructive dismissal. That may give you the right to leave with compensation, with severance. But the the worst thing you can do to compromise your rights is just to continue working, you know, to kind of chalk it up as another one of those things, and you know what? I'm sure no. things will get better. I'll just continue working. No, that is a surefire way to be on the receiving end of a termination for cause. So say something, and in some situations, it may even be a p- possible to leave to quit and still get severance.
0: Does it matter if you don't get a response when you send that note?
1: It does not matter, and that's a very common question. So, Lior, I I sent that email that you sent to my employer. They never responded. Perfectly fine. I don't need a response. I need you to have sent it. Remember, silence is the same as acceptance. So their silence is the same as their acceptance. All you need to do is send that email. Whether you get a response or not does not matter. What matters is that you made it clear that you don't agree. All right,
0: welcome back. Good to have you sticking around for the remainder. One eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight toll free number to call in. You got questions? We have answers in the form of lior Samfiru, co founding partner Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm across this country. How about that? Again, one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight with our remaining time. In that regard, Bill, thank you for taking the time. How are you?
2: Fine. How are you?
0: Good, sir. What's on your mind?
2: Uh, My friend, uh, he's worked 18 years with this company. And uh, the last uh, year or half a year, he worked from home lots. And then it got slow. Now they telling him uh, uh, time to go. And you only get eight weeks (laughs) severance.
1: Is your friend part of a union, Bill? Nope. So, uh, just a bit more information. Approximately how old is your friend and what kind of a job was he doing?
2: Uh, He was... uh, surveying out of town lots, and uh, he's about uh, 60.
1: So he's entitled to about 20 months of severance. You heard me right, months, not weeks. Really? Months. (laughs) So, I mean, my quick math is that the difference between 20 months and eight weeks is a lot. So he is owed significant (laughs) severance. And and by the way, as as shocking as this sounds, it's actually a common situation. So many people, when they're let go, are offered a fraction, a tiny fraction of what they're owed. So the good news is that we caught this. So your friend needs to call me ASAP, okay? Not uh, next month. You know, let's talk now so we can get paid quickly. Uh, it may be a challenge for him to find a, a job, you know, if he's in his 60s, it may be a bit harder. So let's make sure he gets everything he is legally owed.
2: Oh, that's great. Thanks.
0: Bill, I'm going to give you that uh, number right now to reach out. Have your pal do that. That's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That is a common response. Really? That? How many times do we get that when you hear someone go from eight weeks to twenty months, which you said is not an unfamiliar scenario? Really? It's almost unbelievable. But again, I throw it back to, the, to either you or the severance pay calculator, and you'll get the same reaction, right?
1: Well, John, if I had said you know twelve weeks, I still think you'd say, "Wow, that that's a still big difference." Because twelve weeks would be fifty sure. percent more, yeah. right, than, than he was offered. But I didn't say twelve weeks. I didn't say twelve months. I said twenty months, and and yeah. that's a massive difference. Whether you're making ten thousand dollars a year or one hundred and ten thousand dollars a year, that's going to be a huge amount of money, and that is why it, it, it's so so important to get that advice. You know the reason we're here is not because we want to try to convince people to go after $100 that they're worth. I you know, you should go over for, for, for $100 if you're owed that, but that's not the point. When it comes to severance, the vast majority of people, 90%, are offered a lot less than what they're owed. Not a month or two less. That that's that's a lot. But 10 months, 15 months. Yeah. So that's why it's important to get that advice and the, the really the, the the unfortunate thing is that people sometimes are afraid that, well, okay, I'm owed a lot more, but is it going to take me a long time? I'm, I think it is. It's mm-hmm. probably going to be difficult, so I'm not going to do anything about it. Well, that's unfortunate to think that because in most cases, it's easy to resolve. It could take yeah. only a couple of weeks often. So don't be afraid of the process. Let us do what we do. If the law says you should have something, then guess what? You're going to get it.
0: Let's get into uh, another call that just came in here, and that would be uh, Sean. Sean, thank you. Standing by for a moment. How are you?
2: Good, sir. Thank you.
0: Thank you for taking the time. What's on your mind?
2: My question is, I go for a job interview next week, uh, three or four days of uh, 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 training, and then they're going to offer me a uh, contract. If I understand you correctly, you said, do not sign that?
1: Well, what I'm certainly saying is that you, you should, at a minimum, understand what you're signing and potentially be able to negotiate proper terms. Because the most, most people, when they're offered a contract, they look at the salary, they look at the, the, the job duties, maybe if there's a number of weeks vacation, and they sign it not thinking anything else. But there could be terms in that contract that are that much more important than whether you get two or three weeks vacation. So what my best advice is, let's look at it. Send me a copy. Let's sit down and, and, and have a chat and see what it means and, and understand what you're signing. If it's great, then it's great. If it's not great, then I can give you some thoughts as to how to negotiate and what to propose so that at a minimum, you, you, you would have tried it. And in most cases, you are able to make the, the necessary changes.
2: Okay, that sounds
1: good.
0: Thanks, Sean. Appreciate that. And uh, send it along. Let uh, let Lior have a gander. Here's how you do that. 1-855-821-5900. And uh, you can attach it to an email. How about that? Just a simple help at employmentlawyer.ca. Let's get back to a couple more of our points that, uh, you know, is it better to quit than to continue if you've been subject to repeated and provable harassment?
1: So this is a bit of a kind of a change of, uh, of pace here. So obviously harassment is a big issue. And those that have ever had to suffer it know how bad it can be. Uh, When you're being bullied, mistreated uh, by your your employer, by a colleague, if there's a poisoned work environment that you're dealing with, it could be huge and it could impact your health and well-being. Uh, I've seen people go off on stress leave and disability leaves for long periods of time. Why? Because of uh, workplace harassment. Well, you want to avoid that, right? You don't want to have to go on uh, on a stress leave or on medical leave. You don't want your health and your family life to be impacted. So what do you do in a harassment situation? Well, kind of your first line of defense is to give the company the, the, the ability or give the company the chance, I should say, to fix the problem. So if at all possible, you want to speak to HR, you want to speak to the owner, you want to speak to the right person in your organization, tell them what's going on and give them the opportunity to fix the problem. They have that legal obligation, and a good employer will take it seriously, investigate, and do what they can to remedy the issue so you don't have to deal with it. Now, if you've done that and nothing has worked, or maybe you can't do that, there's no one to talk to in your workplace, then that may be a situation where it's better to quit because we can get you out of there yet still get you compensated. The reason for that is you're not leaving because you don't want to work there, because you want to find another job. You're right. leaving because they put you in a position where you can't continue working. You, can, you, you don't want to continue being harassed. And that may be better than continuing to suffer and having your health impacted. So if you are in a situation where you've exhausted the internal options, let's talk about it. It may well be possible and better to quit with compensation than to continue working.
0: How about this one? Better to quit than to continue working if you've not been paid a significant amount owing, such as a bonus. I can see this in the sales role especially, right?
1: So if you're owed money, uh, you uh-huh. should get paid that money. The problem is, especially if you're owed a bonus or a big commission and, and you don't get paid and you continue working, well, guess what you've done there? You've You've agreed. You've accepted the fact that it's not owed. Now you can potentially take legal action against your employer to recover that payment while you're still working there. I think for most people that's not going to be a very attractive option. Most people are not going to want to take legal action against their employer while they're still there. So you know you go, you you go home on a Friday and you say your boss, Hey Bob, I'll see you in court on Monday. You know that's not very <laughs> helpful. So that's why you have the option to. Treat the, the lack of payment, the breach of the terms of employment, as a termination, as a constructive dismissal, and get severance. And depending on what's owed to you, and depending how big a deal it is, that may be a lot better than continuing to work. And and let's let's make this even worse potentially. Let's say you are owed a big uh, co- a commission payment. So you continue working. Well, by continuing to work, you've accepted that it's not owed to you. But potentially, you've also now set the precedent that in the future, they don't have to pay to you again. Because again, you let it happen the first time. So it absolutely may be better to quit than to continue working in that situation. But again, what's the rule here? You don't quit. Never, ever. Without speaking to me first, we have to do it right.
0: As we wrap up here another minute or so, if someone is in one of the situations which we've been discussing for this past hour, do they need to do anything before they resign and what should they do?
1: So first of all, you, you want there to be some something in writing, uh, the documents, why you're resigning, why you're leaving. Uh, and So so that's not your word against someone else's. When you resign, you want to make it clear why you're resigning. So as opposed to just saying, I'm, I'm leaving, I wish you all the best. Say, I'm leaving because of this. Here's what happened that makes me feel like I can't continue working. So that's what you want to do. But of course, the best advice, I'll say this again, instead of just doing that, talk to me. I can help you do that. I want you to make, sure, I want to make sure you do this right so you don't give up your rights.
0: And with that, we are done for another day. Appreciate all the calls. Really do. You want to reach out now to Lior now that we're done. till uh, next week, one 821 5900 Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And that website, free, anonymous, super helpful, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time on the Employment Law Show.